Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let your hair fall down. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And we are having an amazing series in October that's called Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder. And today's episode is called More Than Meets Your Why. Um, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, but, Doc, how the hell are you? I had to ring the bell. You did it again. You came up with an incredible title for this episode. Oh, shucks. Where, what did you do? Did you get some app or something? Tell the truth. No, I'm just How do you keep coming up with these great titles? I'm just that damn good, Doc. Mm -hmm. I'm just that Let me good. Find out. I'm going to find it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to find out that source. But anyway, I'm great, and I'm, I'm grateful to be here, and I am so excited. I just can't hide it. Um, cue the Pointer Sisters. Um, for today's episode, like all of our episodes, I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, the guests that we're going to have on today, um, I have really been doing some due diligence uh, because they're not even in this country right now. Mm -hmm. And they're also in the United States military. And so uh, to be able to have this opportunity and this experience um, is just really, really cool. Um, I'm also really excited because, you know, our whole premise for this show, um, obviously, if you're this is the first time for y'all listening, is do we judge a book by its cover and understand but not necessarily agree with? And I think that this topic that we're going to talk about today and the person that we have with us today, um, we are really going to put our money where our mouth is on this episode. This, this might be one of the uh, most profound episodes of Licensed for Love today. What do you think, Doc? Yes. I wanted the audience to know I really did look over all of the episodes in my mind. It's just that quick and snappy. I did. Yeah. And, and I wanted to say, yes, uh, it's true. Because we've had so many good ones, Jack. You just can't throw that question out there and expect me to just automatically say, oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and so many that's good fair ones. because, yeah, that's fair because, you know, I'm, I'm the writer and I produce and all that different kind of stuff. So in my mind, I've, you know, I've got them all categorized inside of my head so but i will say um, that i will say this this is the very first show that has me wanting to pant like a dog who's dying for uh, some water <laughs> you know because it's just such a great topic and it is mm. so important right now mm. so yeah. so important for a number of reasons and we're going to get on top of a leak oh yeah it Why puts the lgbt it puts the T in the LGBTQ yes. plus community. So, 
Yeah, um, pretty, and we, pretty and excited we, about it. Jax, we will never get to the I plus if we don't get past the T. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm I'm completely out of. I'm completely out of my. I'm almost out of my waters on this subject, but I am completely out of my waters uh, when we get anything beyond uh, the the Q. Oh. Now, you know, okay. Let's talk about this for a minute. First of all, Uh-oh. I wanted to find beauty for our listeners, okay? Because no, I was no, really no, curious. No, you're left. Uh, that would be me. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah, he's the beautiful one. Um, anyway, Thanks, uh, beauty, okay, according to um, Webster's Dictionary and uh, Oxford Languages, is a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight. Now, why is that so important? Well, the reason why is because when you look at the real definition of beauty, it is the quality or the aggregate of qualities in a person or thing that gives pleasure to the senses or pleasurability exalts that exalts the mind or the spirit. Now, let's think about that for a minute in terms of someone that is absolutely struggling with not struggling with because of an opinion but literally their 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 biochemical makeup that something does not make sense in everything else that they're looking at around them how could you ever feel beautiful if you didn't have the alignment of those things. You can see I'm bursting at the seams on this one. I'm ready. Yeah, get at it. Go I'm ahead. Cody Lee on America's Got Talent. I'm ready. I love him. I'm just I'm serious, <laughs> I do. But listen. Oh, I'm sure you do. Real definitions are like rules. They're just like rules. They are meant to be challenged. Because definitions become archaic, useless. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't serve anymore uh, because we have evolved. So why shouldn't definitions evolve right along with us? So yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think in this case, the, the definition that I just said makes complete and total sense why people that are transgender go through what they go through, the depression, the anxiety, the angst the fear, all of these things because of the fact that by definition, right, is what universally everyone can comprehend or understand, maybe not necessarily agree with, they they don't feel beautiful because they're not all of what they want to be. Okay, right? here's, here's where I'm already having an issue, not really with you, but with the container. That okay. holds everything that just came out of your mouth because you keep it made it sound like they were some alien that this group of people were some alien form that only you know no anybody who is misunderstood underserved or represented goes through everyone no, yeah we're saying the same thing that, that's is. my point is that, that 
everyone can understand if something is not complete in their life of how it can create anxiety, depression, okay. fear, those kinds of things. So what do you think I was saying to you just now? Tell me. Uh, that I didn't clarify enough? No. What I'm saying is the way it was described, it made me, because the way we speak invokes images to people mm -hmm. or, or no one's going to listen. If mm -hmm. I say they, you don't know what to see in your mind. They could be anything. But if I say the Browns, that family on the, on the corner, you see them. So mm -hmm. like when you were describing it, it, I saw a, like some colony of people somewhere or something. Those ones that live in those caves that we've heard about or something. Because why do you think, no, why do you think that? It, well, because it was, go back and watch the, uh, listen to the replay or watch it, listen when it comes out. You'll hear what I'm talking about. Um, okay. But it's not an intentional thing is my point that we do. But think about it. Everything you described fits all of us. Yes, and you made it sound as if they have to like it was any harder. It's hard for all of us because I believe in finding common ground. If we're really seeking understanding, not it should never feel like it's separate. It's it can be different. It just should not be separate. Yeah, I I mean I I have I have no answer to that. I that's exactly the point of why I wanted to talk about you know, the definition of beauty and, and the value of this series. Would you feel now, attacked if I rang the bell right now? Uh, Just check it. Yeah. I know you're okay. sensitive. I know you're sensitive. So according to Vox.com, okay. VOX? VOX. Um, like okay. voice.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, VOX.com. Um, there are some myths and the reason I want to get into these myths is because I want our guest, if anything rings a bell with them, I want them to be able to say anything, right? We are twin spirits. You got myths I, too? Yes, I have Mythbusters debunking. Yes, I have. Okay, you go first and then I'll go. Or do you want a paper, scissor, rock? You did say, never mind. Um, you can go first. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how paper scissors O C K would work out. Like what you do one two three and then like. Doo -doo -doo. See, that's just say. Oh, that's another show. What's your first myth? I'm curious. Um, so, so all of them I found very fascinating because I'm very unfamiliar with this subject. But the one that really got me good was that. Number seven, children aren't old enough to know their gender identity. That was the one that got me. Mm -hmm. What's one for you? Excuse me. One for me. Well, it's kind of deep. I like yours because it's right there for everybody to look at. The myth, non-discrimination protections could be used as cover for misconduct in restrooms. But the fact is, in the 21 states and more than 300 cities with LGBTQ non-discrimination protections, there's been no increase in public safety incidents in restrooms. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So on the children topic, um, because that's one of the hot buttons in this, I think. 
Yep. According to childrenshospital.org. Okay. Um, and I found this very fascinating. So how is gender dysphoria diagnosed? So you, you hear all of these different people say different things about, oh, kids are too young. You know, there's all this different kind of stuff. And believe it or not, I have my own thoughts on that, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to go from the facts. So children are typically diagnosed with gender dysphoria if they have experienced significant distress at least six months in any of the following categories. Number one, strong desire to be of another gender or the insistence that they are the other gender. Number two, strong preference for wearing clothes typical of the opposite gender. Uh, three, strong preference for cross-gender roles, make-believe play or fantasy play. Um, strong dislike of their sexual autonomy, right? And playmates, uh, strong preference for playmates of the other gender. Now, the one that really stuck out for me was a strong preference for toys, games, or activities stereotypically used or engaged in by other gender. Well, that applied to me. Right. I thought of you immediately with the yeah. Easy Bake Oven. Easy Bake Oven, yeah. And that was just the politically correct toy that I used. Well, I played with all kinds of stuff. But I also played with boy stuff. I just played with stuff that was fun. But... For our listeners, and this is very clear for you to understand, just because you are transgender does not mean that you are homosexual. Correct. And that's why, remember for a long time, I was like, oh, well, why has there got to be so many letters? Well, I understand the T more than I ever stood before, because really the reality is, is that... Just think about for a second what these people go through, you know, like, wait, what did you just say these Is people? It because I said these people. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you ask a question and then not let me answer? You said why first. So stop. And I'll tell you why. It's the same reason I wouldn't say your kind. Like if you were referencing other people that were cowboys? Your kind, whatever it is. Yes, yeah, right that doesn't now, bother me. Cowboy is not the thing I was envisioning. Oh. It, well, we'll Apple? wait. We'll ask the guests. We'll ask the guests what went through their head when they heard it. That's what we'll do. No, I mean, I, I will say that I feel like <laughs> that there are a tremendous amount of PC insensitivities that um, are plaguing us from getting to like the root of it. What I mean is, is that anyone out there that doesn't feel comfortable in their own skin, and then not only do they feel not comfortable in their own skin, but then they may also have a... Uh, homosexual preference, but it's not a homosexual preference to them when they're that's the gender the that they're not comfortable okay. with. 
because the sexuality changes and then the identity changes, right? You just, that's a lot. You didn't, you didn't need to re explain what was clear. Uh huh. Nobody had a problem. I didn't. I didn't butt in because you said all that, that all of that that came after. It was that one piece. Again, we, we should do an episode on on PC and sensitivity sometimes yeah. because I, I don't that's one place where I could listen to the podcast and learn something. With that being said, we're going to go to break. When we yeah. come back, it's going to be really awesome today. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we are continuing or starting our series, depending on where the episode falls, um, on beauty in the eye of the beholder. And today's episode is called More Than Meets Your Why. Doc, you got a little ditty on our guest before we get him in here? Yeah, but I'm looking for my do-rag because I think I need to switch into Dr. Thug. I saw that little head thing you did. It was aimed over at me. Mm -hmm. Here we go. It's two against one today. Yeah, it's going to be uh, like a, a, a rainbow fucking do-rag. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have one somewhere. I'll find it. Oh. I'm really excited and just so honored, really, seriously, uh, to introduce our guest today. Um, what I love, I've read so many bios uh, on different guests, not just here, but multitudes of shows. And never has anyone ever started their bio like this. It's never stopped moving forward. It wasn't anything about the name or this. It was never stopped moving forward. Encouragement from the door, leading with it. People don't miss that. That's a real piece you want to keep. Ah, so after waiting to join the army until don't ask, don't tell was appealed, I had to confront my next obstacle of hiding identity struggles for fear of getting discharged. Now, at some point, I was going to have to choose to live my life as the person I felt I should be or continue doing what I loved in the army. Now that I can serve openly, I'm under constant pressure to prove why I should be here and always wondering if I can serve as openly as the regulation states that I can. And that is one of the most incredible bios I seriously uh, think I've ever read. And I'm just really honored to bring in um, Shelby. Shelby, come on in and, and you put the names out the way you want them. So here's your, I'm just, welcome, welcome. Hey, Shelby, how you doing? <laughs> Good. I'm actually, I'm glad you like that because I was so worried that my bio was not going to be very good. I, it was, that was, you know, you spoke to the spirit of who you are and not just the it, detail. It was moving. And yeah, not the moving. details of what people think they have to put out there. I'm 32, da da da, I have brown hair, whatever. You put the, the essence out first. So I appreciate that. But if you want to fill it in with any of those little details, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm 34. Um, I'm glad I look super young. You but do. <laughs> 
most people think I'm like 20 something, but I've been in the army for, it'll be 12 years this year. Wow. Um, I love it. I'm in the reserves at the moment. Uh, so I can go to school, uh, eventually commission. At least that's the plan. I want to stay in for the full yeah. 20, probably longer if I do that. Um, I mean, that's kind of it, I guess. I mean, my life basically revolves around that and school at the moment. I, I love that. So Shelby, just um, for our listeners and also people out there that might be listening who might be in that same mindset of, of feeling like something needs to change, for lack of a better phrase, which is why we call this more than meets your why, right? Like what is the why of that person? Can you walk us through just a little bit of, you know, where you started, what that gender was and where you're, you know, where you're at now? Just kind of give us an idea of, of what your journey's been like to get to you, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, so I was, I mean, born female. Um, I kind of wrote down some of the stuff that you talked about as far as myths, because that almost exactly like goes along with my journey, I guess. Cool. Um, my family will even tell you for as long as they can remember. I have always like the moment that I was allowed to choose my haircut, I cut all my hair off. I had always worn boy clothes until I was at an age where I couldn't go swimming without a shirt on. I usually just didn't go swimming anymore because I didn't want, or I would wear a t-shirt and all that stuff and just be highly uncomfortable most of the time. Um, I wore only boy clothes, um, played sports with boys all the way until I got to high school where I had to play female sports. Um, I mean, that's kind of it. I grew up in a small town, so I really, really had to I didn't even let people know that I liked women because at that time, so this was 2002 to 2006. So growing in a very conservative, small, small town in Indiana, um, even like the one person that said she was bisexual got picked on and made fun of. So I was like, there's no way I'm telling anybody about, you know, me liking women. I played sports. So I was lucky enough to not get picked on too much. Um, just, but, but because to be, of that, to be clear, uh, you liked women as a man, or a boy, not as a person that is gay or lesbian, correct? Because that, that I think is a really, really important thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's correct. Yeah, it, a lot of times that was just a lot of the struggle of even being comfortable liking women because I didn't feel like I was gay. I felt like I was supposed to like women, but it also made it hard to even approach women because I don't want to approach a gay woman. I want to approach a straight woman. Mm. Um, so, you know, just yeah. that always was a problem. And it's just at that point and being that young, there wasn't a lot of information about transgender people at that time. I didn't really know what it was, to be honest. Um, when people ask me when I knew, that I was transgender, I always tell them there's two answers. Technically, I knew when I was in like kindergarten, and I can only say that because that's as far back as I can remember. I was like, but when did I know what it was? I was probably like 18 or 19. Now, when you when so you say new in kindergarten, 
Was it some of the things that we were talking about that childrenhospital.org discusses with the gender dysphoria of, you know, the preferentials and, you know, what about with your own genitalia where you just like, oh, this seems kind of weird or, you know. Um, I, so for me, I think being until I really got into school where you really start to see that separation of gender, I didn't really realize that. And I'm going to say this because I want people to realize that this is how a lot of people feel when they first realize they're transgender. I didn't realize there was something wrong with me because mm. that's how I felt. I was like, oh, I'm, I look like what a girl is supposed to look like, but this is not how I feel like I'm supposed to be. So something must be wrong with me. So you would look um, at your, and I mean, look at yourself, right? At, even as a young child and say, I look like this, but I feel like him, right? So, okay. Uh, right. So, so obviously when puberty hit, there's a whole shitload of things that happens no matter what your sexuality is. Is this when like yeah. you started to think, okay. Um, and I'm not saying the information part of it. I'm saying the emotional and the, you know, I'm walking the, the listeners through the, the emotional part of what you were going through that you were like, man, something just isn't clicking here. Yeah, that's, I think that's more of when, uh, I don't want to say self-hatred because I've never like really, really hated myself. Um, but just more of like, I guess, becoming more and more uncomfortable, um, becoming more of a shy person because I'm not a shy person. But when I'm younger, before puberty, I could still pull off in public with people thinking that I was a boy. But once you hit a certain age and everything starts to develop, um, my voice doesn't get deeper. My face stays more round. Um, some people, if I still didn't talk, you know, would say, sir. But the moment I had to answer them, be like, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, everything was fine until then. So I just was a very like quiet and shy person because I just didn't want people to know. I was like, if, well, if I stay quiet, people won't know. Like, they'll see me the way that I want mm -hmm. them to see me. Um, would it be safe to say, so is it really the way that I want them to see me or is it to say the way that I am? Yeah, the way that I am. Yeah, pretty much. I love the smile. <laughs> the way that the I see myself. Face, like y'all can't see it, but he was like, yeah, my dog, that's what's yeah. up. Yeah. Can I butt in with a question? Yeah, I only had one more question, and then I'll let I'll let you take the reins. Off. Um, my, my my last question um, is: Did you ever want to explore the lesbian piece because of the fact that you were going through the puberty piece and possibly the confusion of being like, oh, maybe I'm a lesbian versus like no i really feel that i'm have you know gender dysphoria like was there ever you know did you ever have that bump in the road because if it was me and i was i had all those questions i would explore everything before i would go into everything that you've been into to to completely find you is what i like to call it uh, not really. I mean, even, even as a young age, like I said, even like, you know, five years old when you're a little kid and you get little crushes and stuff, it was never 
like it was never boys. Like boys were always like, oh yeah, those are my friends. I want to go hang out and, you know, play in the dirt or, you know, do this or do that. And it was just always like, oh, girls, I, I love girls. Um, at one point, uh, it kind of was like, well, once again, still not really knowing what transgender was. Um, there was a point where I was like, well, maybe I just feel this way because I like women and I feel like I'll fit in better because boys like girls, girls like boys, all that stuff. And growing up where I grew up, I'm like, well, maybe that's the only reason. Um, but it was just one of those things that just never went away. When I would sleep, if I had dreams in my dreams, I See? was male. Um, even, even as a young child, like, yeah, even as a young kid, those, and then it would be like, well, I would rather just stay asleep and, you know, have those awesome dreams. Or when I was really young, I used to, my family used to be very religious. They were Catholic, my dad's side. I used to pray every night, like, please, you know, let me wake up as a boy tomorrow. And everyone, like, no one knows it was different. And, you know, it obviously never happened because that's not how it works. But it was just, you know, it, it, there was never a doubt in my mind that this wasn't something that was supposed to happen. Dude, you almost made me cry. Okay. All right. Take it, doc. God damn, <laughs> well, that was rough. Let me butt in because now my question's been answered because I knew mm. just like when you asked that about lesbian, he was going to go back to the child. I knew that mm. because it's, see, that's the point I'm talking about. Um, see, that's how we know because our, our parallels are parallel, whereas others are not. Other when I say others, breeders, you know. <laughs> oh, you didn't know we had a name for y'all? Yeah, we do. Um, but what I meant was, I have it right here on this paper. I can prove it. Where my thing was, because to bring it in, and I, you did a brilliant job of it, Shelby, going back to talk, and it's exactly what I had. Describe your earliest memory of how your dreams were when you were having anything romantic or a relationship, because I had those dreams as a little boy. I mean, I did. That's how I knew, wait a minute, just like I can't make up that monster on purpose that chased my ass last night. I didn't make up this, because I used to wonder, how does my mind know what to make that feeling look like in a picture? Everything is connected to pictures. We manifest what we see. And so that's why I tell me, man, I'm telling you, you need to write a book because you really know how to drive the story. You really do. That was a brilliant pivot right there. So uh, here's what I'm going to kind of swap it up real quick because I'm looking at the time and I want to get this in there because we talked about some myths and stuff. But tell how many times. Have you had to bite your tongue when you hear people talking? Because I'm talking about those pre-days, too, where you had to listen. And they like when people forget I'm black, my white friends, oh, we don't mean they tell a black joke, an off-color joke. And they go, oh, we don't mean you, Lauren. Because they, they get in, you know, I'm so used to them and they're used to me. So you were inside who you are, always have been inside. But you hear people describing and they say, yeah, those transvestites. Now, you've already done your little, you know, it's not transvestite, but you can't like jump and correct them because everybody's like, how do you know so much? Because transvestites are people who like to dress in the other clothing. That's what that is. But a lot of people refer to transgender still today. 
as a transvestite riding around. Talk about that piece mm-hmm. and about what you still have to do today, Shelby. When you hear ignorance mm-hmm. in action, in motion, but it's just not that day for you to fight that fight. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's actually funny that you said the whole like transvestite thing because some some people for when they get this medically diagnosed in the military, it's actually still that is still something that that term. Use. It still pops up as the reason. I think it's actually on one of my papers when I first originally got the diagnosis. Actually, um, I, I didn't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, it actually, since you brought that up, I've more recently been more open to my family mm-hmm. about it. Um, and I actually just talked to my grandma on Sunday about some stuff. Um, not that she's ever not been supportive, but I was talking about just in general, I was like, you know, you guys always talk about you're just making a joke and it's just mm-hmm. funny. But I was like, do you realize how many of those just jokes that you made when I was a kid that kept making me feel like? I could never Mm. tell you because those weren't just jokes to me and it didn't seem like you were joking. So if I tell you like, you're not going to care about me anymore. So I have to keep this a secret, which is why I didn't tell anybody. And the first person I told was my mother and I had to write it in a letter because I couldn't physically say the words. Wow. Um, just for her. And I still didn't tell anybody else or do anything about it. This was at 19. I didn't start my transition until I was 28. Wow. So it's just always letting people know like, yeah, you think it's just a joke, but some jokes aren't just jokes. That's how you let people know that they can't come to you anymore. Mm. I love that. Okay. We got to go to break. We got to go to break. When we come back, Doc will continue with Shelby um, with where we're going with it. I mean, I'm just so blown away at how articulate this dude is. All right, we'll be back. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And I, I got to tell you, I got choked up in the last segment with Shelby. Um, and uh, holy shit, um, today's episode is called More Than Meets Your Why. And we are absolutely putting our money where our mouth is with that. Uh, Shelby made a great point at, right before the break that said, you know, all these jokes and stuff, especially when you're inexperienced and you don't really know about life, that you're actually telling that person that's listening to those jokes that they can't come to you anymore. And I just, uh, that really hit me hard because I'm very sarcastic. I have a gay brother and I joke all the time. Doc, uh, where you want to go next? Oh, uh, so, Don't act surprised. He rushed me along, folks. You can't yeah, see it. Go ahead, I, 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 I want to know. I don't get this opportunity that often, believe it or not. And I want to know, Shelby, okay, let's say back at the beginning when the stirrings began and the questions began and the, that, that, that pull, that energy that you cannot, it won't let go of you and you cannot let go of it began. You know that moment. Um, it's like 
if you are mm-hmm. on opposite ends of the Grand Canyon, the you of then and the you of now. But you can see each other. You can even hear what each other has to say. But there doesn't seem any way, no road to travel to find each other. Talk about, if you could, I just want to let you take it and run. Um, This can be my last question as far as I'm concerned. But I want to know about what it felt like when those two people, those two opportunities that were across the canyon from each other, found that there was a way to run into the arms of each other to become the best version of yourself. So, um, because that is the same view for all of us in one thing or another. And so the, what you've done to, to find that this is important because you would have been way down the list of who would probably choose first because it's such a difficult one. And so, um, take that and just show me what you got. Yeah, I would say at the beginning, it was actually more tough than not knowing what was going on because now, so the only reason that I knew about it is my mom clearly knew. She was watching shows. I I honestly can't remember, probably like TLC or something. It was about um, this transgender man named Buck. Um, She was watching it. In retrospect, she's like, I was watching it because I knew something that was with you. And we, I was trying to help you figure out what it was. Um, and then the moment I watched those shows, I was like, okay, like there is a reason that I feel this way. And there is a way to get the way I want to be. But it actually made it harder at first because I was like, how do I do that? Where do I even start? Um, this is the only person I've ever seen that's like this. Uh, at least in like, I guess, more of a positive light. You see people like that on uh, shows like Law and Order SVU, but they're always these victims or they're getting, you know, hurt or all these other things. So like, why would I want to add that to my life? Um, so I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't do anything about it for a long time because I didn't know where to start. I had no information uh, where I lived. I didn't even have internet. That's how deep in the middle of nowhere I was living. Um, so I, I just kind of was like, now I know there's a way to go, but I don't know how to do it, which made it even worse because I was like, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm stuck in the very, like still stuck in the dark. Um, so, I still continue to try. Oh, oh no. I, I, I mean, when, when did you say to yourself, like, specifically like what age i'm making the commitment i'm i'm investing whatever i need to you know financially like i can no longer live in this skin i need to find myself of who i am in its entirety because i i think that's really important especially those that maybe just like you on the fence that are like i don't feel like myself you know I would say the first time I really, really came to the conclusion, I was probably about 25. It was about a year after being in the army. Um, I, I thought maybe doing all these other things, I ended up getting married to, at the time was obviously a straight woman. She was attracted to me probably for all of the reasons that I, you know, I said, um, and it, it didn't work out because I was not at that point in time what she wanted. 
um, we wouldn't have worked out anyway. So that doesn't matter. But that really made me realize like, if this is the life that I want to live, I need to start going towards it. I don't, I can't be scared anymore. I can't, you know, can't keep holding back or putting other people's feelings ahead of, you know, my own in the way that I feel. Cause that's usually what happens. I think about other people, I'm like, I won't do this yet. Like it's going to, you know, affect them. Um, but then at that point it was like, okay, but I can't cause I'm in the army and that's something I will get kicked out for, but I love being in the army. It's what I'd always wanted to do. So I st- still stayed in. I stayed in. I was like, you know what? Don't ask, don't tell got taken away. This has got to be next. Um, and when I was literally at the breaking point of this is my last contract, I'm getting out. I can't put this off any longer. It happened. Obama got rid of it. You was allowed to openly serve. And it was probably not even a month later. I found a psychiatrist cause you have to see a psychiatrist first. Um, I found one that didn't, I didn't have to use insurance for cause TRICARE wasn't covering any of that yet. Um, so cheap, easy. She was very awesome. Only made me come to get what I needed to get done. Make sure I had no other traumas from when I was younger that could affect me. I had nothing. Um, and as soon as that happened and I was able to go see an endocrinologist, it's, I haven't looked back since. And once all the changes started happening, it's unless I tell somebody, no one knows, which is exactly what I want, which is, I kind of feel bad because I feel like being some of the first people, there were a lot of people in the military that were already transitioning before me, but still being some one of the first people to like really do it. Um, I feel bad that I'm not more open about it to help people. But at the same time, I'm like, I also like finally living the life that I wanted to live. Um, maybe eventually I will once I've, you know, got this part of, of me down and finally comfortable and having all of that, that I've always wanted, I'll be more open about it. Um, so I can help people more. And I always help people if they talk to me. Um, but it's kind of like, for the most part in the military, I, if people don't know, I don't want them to know. I want to speak on something that I think is important. I said, Shelby, before you started. You said your last question. I know. Again, last time. No. Go ahead. Shelby, I'm going to release you of something. I want you to know this and never forget it. Everything that you said one day you will. Well, that day is September 7th, 2022. Yeah, (laughs) because you've just done it. When this show goes out in a seed and you've been given the access into one person's mind, their heart, therefore their soul, you've been given that access to all. When you put this out, wherever you did, it will always keep giving more and more and more. So you can, I'm, I'm hoping to release you of that right now. Just let you know the day that you speak of has already come and gone many times over. I mean, it just doesn't feel that way to you because you see all the way to the horizon and beyond. You do. But that's why these conversations are so, so very important because it should always come out to be a two-way feed. 
pouring into you just as you have poured into us. I'm sorry, Jax, but that's why I had to put that in. It could not wait. You don't have not to apologize. Bad. So I'm the just diversity hashtag the diversity duo. Um, Shelby, one thing I do want to <laughs> to comment on, and and I, I I do want your feedback on this, but I also want people to understand that maybe more of on the too sensitive side of things. First of all, you're a soldier, right? I don't know what your MOS is. I don't know what your job is. But when you're under a government contract, right? Like, especially in the military, like you're either a support element or you're a combat element. And at any point in time, shit can pop off and you've got to be able to do your job. And so I just wanted to state that no matter what procedure it is, no matter what surgery it is, right? Because we had people that had braces that couldn't deploy unless they got the braces off. And then if they got the braces off, like their grill would be, you know, all jacked up, you know, when they're going down range, because I was in the infantry. So I, I just want those people to understand. And I want them to hear it from you that it doesn't really matter what the procedure is. The, the idea behind that the military having a resistance to this, not culturally, but logistically or operationally is, is that you're not there to do that job that you're signed for the contract for. So would you be kind enough to speak on that um, a little bit? Yeah, so any surgeries that you're gonna get, if, not just for someone like me, but just in general, any surgeries, unless it's life-threatening, your commander has to sign off on that. They sign off saying, we are not doing anything in the foreseeable future. You will have enough time to have the surgery, to have the recovery that you need, um, and then you'll get back into it. If there's something coming up or the threat of something coming up, they'll say, no, you're not getting it done right now. And there's a, there's a private Facebook page on um, Facebook for uh, transgender military members. It's very private. You have to get invited to be in. Um, and, you know, people bring this up all the time. And yes, they talk on there because it's, it's obviously frustrating when something you've been working towards does have to be put off. But no one is upset about it because they also know they're a soldier, they're an airman, they're a sailor first, a Marine. Like th that's still something you signed up for. The, the latest surgery I just had, I'm over here in Germany and we're the only medical unit. Well, with the stuff with Ukraine, we've basically been told just always be ready. So I went to my first sergeant and I was like, hey, it's coming. They said I could do it soon. Is this okay? Can I do it now? If not, let me know and I will put it off. Um, and they were like, we're good now. Like it's nothing's going to happen to where even if you get it, you won't be able to do what you need to do. And I was like, okay, awesome. Because like, I'm ready to, you know, get this done and get it over with while I'm still, you know, pretty young and can recover fairly quickly. Um, so yeah. So most people that say stuff like that, or that's their argument have either never been in the military usually because um, they don't know how that works or they're just trying to find any reason to kind of, you know, hate, I guess, or find a reason to just dislike I mean, it recruitment or say numbers that it's bad. Are down, and we live in a new society, right? Where the, the idea of patriotism has become polarized and slanted and political party and this and that and whatever. And so 
to me, it was really important on the military side to hear from someone that is a member of the transgender community to say, no, there's a part that the media is not talking about. There's a part that is absolutely where I am getting support from my chain of command and I'm not being discriminated against because of the fact of what I'm wanting to do with my life privately, but the fact that it's a surgery and I'm a United States service member. So uh, I, I think that's really important and I appreciate you being candid on that. The other thing I wanted to touch on, and then I wanted to see if the doc had anything um, after this before we get you out of here is, is that, and this is something that I'm personally curious about. Um, in the media, there has been so much back and forth about, you know, uh, women that are, are men that, that want to be women, especially. I haven't seen so much in the female wanting to be men category, but I have seen it in the men that want to be female category that um, the, the gender comparison because of the, the physicality makeup. What are your thoughts on transgender folks being able to participate in traditional activities that are based off of, you know, uh, the genetic disposition of most of those individuals? And do you think that we should actually have sporting events and things of that nature that are specifically for the transgender community to be able like, is that the answer to it? But I, I wanted to know from you, what do you think when you see all of this stuff? Um, I mean, so I mean, I'm obviously going to disagree with it. Um, one, me physically going through what I'm going through, it's always the argument of male to female. You wouldn't want me going up against, you know, playing female sports now because of why, because now that I'm on testosterone, like I'm going to build muscle faster. I'm going to not to say that, I mean, that's what people have in their mind, right? Men are just naturally better and stronger than women, um, which obviously is not the case. Uh, but I think what people fail to realize and they just don't do the research on is like, yes, you might be a little bit taller, but the moment you start taking estrogen and you start blocking your testosterone, your strength and um, endurance, the ability to build muscle the way it does, it starts to drop significantly. I see it all the time in that Facebook group with people transitioning, males transitioning to females, where they're like, you know, what do I do? My gender marker is not able to be updated yet. I still have to pass height and weight and PT standards for the males. And, you know, my runtime, I've been working out the same, but my runtime is now, you know, two, three minutes slower. I can't do near as many pushups as I could do. Um, you know, I can't do any of this. And people try to help. They're like, you know, try to do this, try to do that. Um, but the fact of the matter it is, is once, once you start going through that and you're, you have that estrogen, you have those, you're not producing that testosterone the way you were, it, it goes away. Um, even with the NCAA thing that happened, I don't, people have failed to realize that you have to be on estrogen. I believe it's like one to two years before you're allowed to compete. See, that's cool to know. Um, did not know with that. females. Yeah. Um, you, you have to be on there. You have to have all your levels tested to show that everything is low enough, um, before you are allowed to compete. I mean, it doesn't matter now at this point, cause they've already put that ban, um, 
but yeah, I mean, they had all of those things in place. I'm assuming to obviously fully inspect, like ex expect, you know, stuff like that to happen now that it's, you know, more, more people feel comfortable coming out, I guess. Yeah. Would, would um, as far as, as far as like a transgender, you know, uh, community of, of athleticism and things of that nature, or, or do you think that's, that's too polarizing? Uh, so not really. I, I really wouldn't necessarily be for it. One, it continues to put this separation between everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, if we want to do things like how, you know, there's like intramural type sports where, you know, females have their own leagues, males have their own leagues, co-ed and they want to do something like that, which I'm sure they already do. Um, that's fine. But the way I see it now, um, it just keeps further putting that divide that we have. It keeps people allowing to, you know, stay ignorant and just keep letting their bias and everything else, uh, I guess, block them from really seeing the truth or, you know, seeing people that are like me, the same as them. And on top of that, I honestly feel that right now that would probably be dangerous if we started to have, you know, transgender only sports and a sporting event is going on and we've already seen what's been going on what went on during pride month with certain hate groups i could only imagine what would happen if we had a sporting event that was in like an area it right now it really does not seem like you know that great of an idea i love that and i appreciate the constructive uh pushback doc yes no, I, I wanted to see if you if you had anything else. No, I'm good. Nothing at all. Nope. Okay. Well, so Shelby, before we get wrapped here with you, first of all, really appreciate your honesty and your constructive feedback on a lot of what you've brought to the table today. But I specifically would like for you to say something, you know, as briefly as you can. Um, to those people out there that want to serve their country, but are also considering uh, making the transition to fully finding themselves, because I know that you know it's it's been an arduous task for you being in the military. So, so what would you say to those specific individuals? Um, so, first, I would just give some advice. As of right now, you can't join pre like in the middle of transition. You either have to not start it at all or be completely done, um, which does make it difficult because it's not an easy process and it takes a long time. So with that being the case, figure out what's more important to you. Um, my advice is the transition is the most important. Um, it mentally physically takes its toll there's a reason that you know they use the numbers of suicide rates uh, uh, for transgender people but those rates are always high because you don't have the support that you need um so get that straightened out first don't add something else that's going to add all this stress um and then try to deal with that because from personal experience it's it's too much um and your well-being is always the most important. I totally understand wanting to join the military and serve your country. 
um, and just do something that you're proud of that, you know, something very unique to our country that the citizens are proud of. Um, but you, there's nothing wrong with putting yourself first. It's awesome. Well, Shelby, I want to, I want to thank you so much today. Uh, it's, it's been an absolute, uh, treat. Um, and we'll be back with our final thoughts with me and the doc right after this. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And today has just been insanely eye-opening for me and I can't wait to hear from the doc, but the series is called Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder. And today's episode was called More Than Meets Your Why. And wow, Shelby just floored me. Doc? Shelby, I just, um, two words, warrior strong. And I mean that warrior strong, and it has nothing to do with the military. Um, I'm talking combine every warrior throughout history and just roll them all up because I know how hard the struggle has been for me just as a gay man, as a gay black man, as an aging gay black man. It can, you're constantly, it's a nesting effect. People think that it's always just one thing. Well, I'm here to tell you nothing is ever about just one thing. So, you know, when you look at Shelby or anyone else that is fighting to live their best life, just know If you're going to picture them, picture them as a juggler. And if you picture the juggler, picture the juggler with as many arms at least as an octopus. Because that's what it's going to take to be able to keep your sanity, stay invested in your legacy and your purpose, and still try to have a good damn time all the way through. So I say that to Shelby. And then I want to say like earlier when I heard the phrase women wanting to be men still and then men wanting to be women. Everybody needs to Google and and memorize three terms, gender inclusive, gender specific, and gender neutral. Start there. So you can start moving through that into the things that really matter, uh, which is in any relationship the core and the essence of the soul you are interacting with, not the shell it came in, period. And with that, I'm done. For me, it's it's interesting because I have just always been me and felt comfortable with who I am and the uh, people that I gravitate towards uh, sexually being of, you know, uh, being a heterosexual and, and of my own uh, self in terms of being good with the, you know, with the way that, you know, the way that I was brought into this world or made or however you want to say it. I, I will say this though, and, and I think one point where I you know, will give a little bit of pushback 
maybe for some of those listeners out there that's very virgin in this territory is that I, I don't think that the majority of us tend to be uh, insensitive on purpose. I think that a lot of it comes from a place of ignorance. And I also feel that someone should have the um, ability, regardless of who that person is, to talk the way they want to talk, feel the way that they want to feel. But I think that you make a great point in the sense of that if you want to create a relationship with individuals that are going through um, particular circumstances, um, you know, you need to understand and respect, you know, uh, the uh, responsibilities um, that come with that. And, um, and, and that just, you know, that for me was another eye-opening thing is because I feel like sometimes when you don't understand uh, something that, that you can feel very equally intimidated. So anyways, uh, final thoughts, Doc? Just keep learning, people. Keep learning. Keep having illuminated conversations. Don't talk about any old shit. And don't just throw words out against the wall, you know, and hope they stick like spaghetti. Be purposeful. Mean it. And it will become meaningful somewhere in your universe. You know, my final thoughts are simply this. Um, Shelby said it best when he said, put yourself first. It's awesome to want to serve your country. Um, the doc and I both did it, but you and who you are and finding you is what's most important. I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend, Dr. L Lauren Michaels Harris, and we'll see you next time on License for Love, the heartbeat and relationship conversation. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The Heartbeat and Relationship Conversations.